Good to hear the chatter, people greeting one another. Just want to say again, welcome, welcome to Calvary Chapel Palos Verdes. My name is Daniel. I'm the lead pastor of this church, and I'm pleased to be with you guys tonight. Um, if you're visiting, we welcome you. If this is your church, Merry Christmas, you guys. We're here. It's Christmas Eve. It's so fun. We have a great time together tonight to celebrate Jesus, the Christ who was born to save the world. And, and in the time that we're going to have together tonight, we're going to be looking at the testimony of Jesus uh, as it's recorded for us in 1 John chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, open it up to 1 John chapter 5. Uh, the words will be on the screen behind me. Um, and we just wanted to say as well, if, if you don't have a Bible to call your own, we'd love to gift you one this Christmas. So uh, see any of our ushers on your way out, and we'd love to give you uh, a Bible. But as you make your way there to 1 John chapter 5, um, I just want to let you know right from the start what it is that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we're going to be talking about a gift, actually, kind of like this gift here, um, but not quite. I'm going to use this in a little moment here, but uh, it's Christmas, and the act of gift, gift giving, right, giving gifts and receiving gifts, it's, it's central to how we celebrate Christmas, and you know, hopefully you finished all your shopping and the pre presents are all wrapped and under the tree. If not, I know what you're doing right after this. Uh, and also, sorry to break it to you, but I think on Amazon, everything showing now arrives after Christmas, so... That was definitely a nervous laugh, so. Um, but we are going to be talking about a gift, not quite like that one, but one that God offers to us, the gift of eternal life through Jesus. So why gifts? I mean, why do we do? Why do we give gifts one to another? Well, I believe that the reasons why we give and receive gifts is because God is a gift giver. In fact, God is the very best gift giver, and he gives us a gift through his son, Jesus Christ, and it's called eternal life. And, and God is really all prepped. He's ready. He's not uh, worried about, you know, delaying this gift. This gift is already wrapped and ready to give to you, and the question is, are you ready to receive it? You see, gifts are to be received. They're not pushed on us. That would just be kind of weird. Uh, and so tonight, as we are here, I want to make sure that everybody that's gathered with us tonight has the opportunity to receive this gift that comes from God, this gift of eternal life. And so in order to do that, I'm going to need a little bit of help from some kids. Any kids in here? Yes. You guys all got your goodie bag on your way in here? Well, at certain parts of the message, I'm going to need a little bit of help from you, okay? So I need you to pay attention. I need you to be ready. You're, you look ready. You want to get up here right now? I'll call you in a second. When I need you, be ready, okay? Oh. You want to go back to your seat? You're ready. I, I'm not ready for that part of the message. Though. I'll call you back up. Where are you sitting? Over there? Oh, my goodness. How cute. I love it. What's your name, sweetie? Andrea? Be ready, Andrea, okay? All right. Well, everyone, let's have a look at 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 6 and read through to verse 8. It says this, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 
not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Now, out of all those words, maybe the words that caught your attention were the words water, blood, and spirit. And if you aren't familiar with the Bible, that might sound a little bit strange, and you might be wondering, what does this have to do with Christmas? And you're now thinking, should I let my child participate in this message, right? But the word that we're going to focus on here is the word testify. We see that word come up again and again in the text that we're looking at. It says, that there are three that testify, or three that bear witness. Now, the early Christians who would have received this letter from John perhaps would have immediately thought of the law of God and how truth could be determined in any kind of situation, uh, especially in cases where a serious look was uh, needed to give validity to a certain situation. For instance, like if there was a crime or an offense that took place, this principle of multiple witnesses was required. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15 in the Old Testament, it says this, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Listen to this. On the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. We also see this principle in the New Testament, this need for multiple witnesses to give validity to a claim, to prove something to be true. It says in 1 Timothy 5.19, do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. So you see, as people, we are protected by this principle of testimonies because you see, multiple witnesses giving their testimony, it, it, it makes something true. It gives true judgment. You see, our, even our legal system is based upon this biblical foundation for true judgment. So truth, listen, truth requires multiple testimonies surrounding that claim. Now, what does this all have to do with Christmas? What am I getting at? Well, See, what John is doing in this letter is he is seeking to show us that Jesus is true. That he is the savior who was born into this world. And John, the apostle John, was a witness to the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the son of God. You see, John lived daily life with Jesus as he followed him around in his earthly ministry And if you've been with us on Sunday mornings as we've been going through the book of 1 John, you might remember how John started this letter in chapter one, verse one and two. He says this. He says, that which is from the beginning, speaking of God, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we've seen it and look, we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and made manifest to us. And that there is just a beautiful way of John giving his testimony to the reality of Jesus. 
that he is real and that he is the son of God. And see, John is proclaiming that Jesus is God who came in human flesh, that he was sent from heaven, born to a virgin in Bethlehem. Jesus was a man that was raised up in Nazareth whose father is God. Amen. (laughs) Holler back, let's go. Not only that, but Jesus was anointed by the Spirit of God to do the incredible works of God that are recorded for us in the four Gospels. Jesus, in his life and ministry, he was baptized with water, later baptized into death on a cross where he shed his blood to cleanse us of our sins. And now you see where the Spirit and the water and the blood come into play testifies of Jesus, because Jesus lived a perfect life, and he never sinned, and he died on a cross to redeem us back to God, and John was one of those redeemed ones. He was one whose life was radically transformed by the life and the love that is found in Jesus, and John, what he's doing is he's giving his testimony of it. See, John heard Jesus speak, and he recalls. John saw Jesus every day for three years. He even gazed in wonder as to who this man really was. Was he just a man, or was he something more than that? John handled Jesus, and that idea of handling has more the idea that he examined him. And this is especially true when John saw Jesus risen from the dead, that he died and came back to life, and you better believe that he handled him to see if it was so. See, Jesus not only appeared to John, but he appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses who could give testimony to having seen Jesus alive from the dead. And everything that I've just said ties into what the Bible calls gospel, good news. Good news for great joy that I bring to you this day, that there is a Savior who was born. And because of who Jesus is, and because of what he has done to save us, God is offering a gift to you today. It is the gift of eternal life that comes by believing in Jesus. Now, before we go any further, I need some help. You ready? Andrea, so good. So I'm gonna have three witnesses. You're my first one, Andrea, and you need to come up here, and inside of this gift, I need you to be a witness. I need you to see what's inside that box, and I need you to tell everyone what it is, what you see, okay? Are you ready? Can't show anyone, only you. What is it? What is that? Candle. A candle. It's a candle. Okay, thank you. That's it. (laughs) Come on. You ready? What do you think it is? Should I bring it lower for you? Okay. What is it? A candle. It's, what is it? A candle. A candle. Come on. Yeah, let's go. A little bit older kids, just so we can make sure that they're actually telling the truth. Right, and I got to meet you, you're Salzer. What's your name again, sweetie? My name's Ellie. Ellie, Ellie, what is that? It's 
a candle. It's a candle. Thank you. Good. All right. What do you guys think it is? Candle. It's a candle. All right. We've had three people who were witnesses of what is inside that box, and they've testified to you that it's a candle. Do you believe them? Okay. Good, good. Let's look at verse 9. It says, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. You said you believe the testimonies of these three people who came up here to see what is inside that gift, that it is a candle. Now, you might be here and you might not be willing to believe that it's a candle until you see for yourself. And a lot of people operate that way. But let me challenge that just for a moment because I I think you can trust. I think you can have faith that what is really inside of this box is a candle. Because you and I, we receive the testimonies of people all the time, every day. I mean, think about just going on Amazon. You're gonna buy a product. You looked at the testimonial reviews to see if you should buy it. If enough people are telling you it's a piece of junk, hopefully you don't buy it. Or maybe you do, I don't know. You know, if I asked some people here where I could find a good burrito in the South Bay, I might have some people who can point me in the right direction. See, we make many decisions in our lives based upon the testimony of others because we receive people's judgment as generally valid, that we can find people to be pretty trustworthy. But look, I have bought some terrible products from Amazon in my life, and I've had quite a few bad burritos to know that man's testimony is sometimes flawed, okay? But every single day, we receive the testimony of others to make decisions. So what John's doing here is he's making a classic argument, a argument that is going from a lesser to a greater, a lesser to greater argument that if you can trust all of these flawed people, if you could trust, I'm not saying that your little kids are flawed, but you know, if you could trust these kids that that really is a candle there in this box or, or trust people in what they say, if we can trust people in what they say, can't we trust God? who is not flawed and never lies and is absolute truth. See, everything is true because it's in in his very nature to do so. God is truth. Remember verse seven, the spirit is the one who testifies because the spirit is the truth. I could just look at the next part of verse nine. Look there with me. says, for this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. You see, God's been trying to tell us something all along. And what God has been trying to tell us, if you want to know what God's trying to tell you, uh, you could read the Bible. It's God's self-revelation. And in the Bible, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, you find that God has been trying to tell us something. And really not just something, but about someone. 
See, everything that God wants to tell us is wrapped up in one thing. It is his son, Jesus. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, God the Father wants to show you who Jesus is and that you can trust him and that you can believe upon him. The Torah testifies about Jesus in types and symbols. The wisdom books testify about Jesus as our creator, as our sustainer, as a provider and as a protector. The prophets testify about Jesus with impeccable foretelling. The gospels testify about Jesus in several ways. I love what Hebrews says that God in latter times used to speak by the prophets, but now he's spoken by his own son. That God actually came and had a voice and spoke and testified of himself and both his words and his works testify that he is the Christ. In the Gospels, on three separate occasions, you see the Father audibly speaking from heaven, testifying about his son, Jesus. God loves to open up the heavens and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He likes to say, listen to my son. The book of Acts testifies about Jesus that After he had risen, he ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower God's people, the church. And the Holy Spirit is here today testifying about Jesus. The epistles testify about Jesus and what his death and resurrection means for us and how we ought to live in light of this gospel message. And the book of Revelation testifies about Jesus by telling us what he is doing right now and what it'll be like when he comes again. That's the beginning to the end of the Bible. It's all about Jesus. And just think about Christmas, just Christmas alone. Why do we celebrate such a holiday? Well, because Jesus, again, the Son of God, was born to give us life. Think about just the event of his birth alone. How the wise men, and the shepherds, and the angels, a corrupt politician, a census, a genealogy, a virgin mother, a betrothed husband, and even the cosmos all testify to the miraculous child that was born in a manger at a predetermined time and place so that we can proclaim God is with us. Amen? See, not only in the Bible, But all throughout human history, God has been trying to tell us something. Or should I say, trying to tell us about someone. His name is Jesus. And what you do with Jesus has eternal ramifications. Look at verse 10. It says, whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because He has not believed the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. You see, verses six through nine all spoke to us about how we can trust Jesus because of the multitude of external witnesses, testimonies that are outside of ourselves that tell us that Jesus is real. You have the scriptures as an external witness. You have secular history. You know, it's not only the Bible that tells us that Jesus was really a man. Secular history will tell you that. 
You have the witnesses of 2,000 years of Jesus' followers who testify to the Lordship of Christ. You see, guys, Jesus can be believed upon, can't he? He can be trusted. But I get it. We're all skeptics in some way. We all have certain form of doubts in our hearts and minds, and, and we have to work through those doubts. I get it. But hear me out on this. That except for those three beautiful little witnesses that I had who saw what was in that box, are you still wondering if it's a candle? Maybe, maybe you are. Maybe you're frustrated that I haven't shown you yet. I'm not going to show you yet because I still want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> see, for all of us, we feel that we have to see something to believe it, don't we? We, we, we feel like, uh, unless I see it for myself, unless I experience it for myself, then I'm not gonna believe it. But that's not quite how faith works. See, once I show you what is in that box, you're gonna fully believe it. But you won't need faith at that point. I think that you can have faith that there really is a candle in that box. I think you can. I think you can trust. There's enough evidence. There's enough witnesses to tell you that it's so. Because look, faith is not the absence of evidence. Faith is based on evidence. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You are very much capable of having faith faith. It's not just for those crazy religious folk. See, we have faith all the time. You believe many things that you've never seen or you've never experienced for yourself. You know, on Monday, I'm going on an airplane, and and when I get on that plane, I'm not going to see that pilot. I believe there's a pilot behind that closed door, And I believe that pilot has the qualifications to fly that plane. I mean, putting my family on it, I have faith and I'm trusting that there's a pilot and that he can fly the plane. See, we have faith in many things all the time. Now, I really bet that at this point you really want me to show you what's in that box, don't you? Nope. Okay, good, I'm not, not yet. Still gonna keep talking about Jesus. So look at verse 10 again. Think with me. Whoever believes the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Think about this. You guys good? You with me? Okay. What if you had someone that could bear witness to you that Jesus is real, that he is true, and that what he did 2,000 years ago really does save you when you believe upon it? And not just an external witness like the Bible, as great as the Bible is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And and not just secular history, certainly, hopefully not just some preacher on Christmas Eve telling you that Jesus is real, although I hope that I'm somewhat convincing you of the evidence that God is real, but that there will be something inside of you, an internal witness telling you that it is true, Well, you see, God really wants us to believe in Jesus. And so he hasn't only given us external witnesses, but he has come to give us an internal witness to tell us that Jesus is really true, that Jesus really does save. See, what God does is he gives the Holy 
Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God that we believe in. We believe in the Father who sent forth the Son to be born and to die on a cross and to be buried and to be risen from the dead who ascended back to heaven and then sent the helper, the Holy Spirit, to literally come and dwell inside of those who believe upon Jesus. Amen? See, we have the Spirit of God that dwells in us. Romans 8, 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are children of God. So whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. God actually will dwell in you. Those of you here tonight who call Jesus your Lord and Savior, don't you just know it? Just know it. You... You maybe have a hard time explaining to others why you believe or what you believe about Jesus, but man, when you read the scriptures, they just resonate with you. When you hear the proclamation of the word of God, it just exhilarates you. You believe God is real and and, and you accept the claims of Jesus. You have willingly laid down your life to serve and to follow Jesus, haven't you? And you're convinced that God loves you and that, that you love him. And look, maybe you're here with somebody today. Maybe you're here with somebody who loves Jesus in this way. And you've heard and you've seen their testimony that they really do believe in Jesus. See, is that not enough for you to believe as well? That friend, that family member, that that spouse of yours who really loves Jesus is just another added testimony to the innumerable testimonies that are telling you constantly and declaring to you, Jesus is real and he can be trusted. Jesus is real and he can be trusted. Now, this last Sunday, we had a family come to church and there was a husband who's been following Jesus for 12 years. And, and just this last Sunday, his wife decided to believe also in the testimony of Jesus. And that wife received the gift of eternal life that comes through Christ. Amen? And together, that husband and wife are getting baptized in a few weeks. Pretty exciting. <laughs> Guys, the testimonies of Jesus are true. God has given you abundant testimony, so what's stopping you from believing God today and putting faith in Jesus? Now, the next part of verse 10 is very direct. It says this, and then we'll bring it to an end. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that, has, that God has given of his son. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to call God a liar. I don't, mean, I don't know many people who would. I don't know people who would flat out say, God is a liar. See, most people, what they do is they leave the claims of Jesus at a distance. They sort of push off the testimonies and act like they really aren't there because you see men and women, they love their lives and they want to be their own master. They, they would rather uh, live according to their own ways rather than the ways that God would intend for them to live and to receive the life that God offers. And look, unbelief is a very real thing. 
It's a sin that keeps many people from God. And look, I know you have doubts. I still have mine too. But we can be honest with Jesus. We can bring the real us to the real Jesus. That's what we say at this church. Bring the real you to the real Jesus. Bring all your doubts. Bring all your questions. Don't remain in unbelief though. See, unbelief is attributing falsehood to God. It's saying, God, you're a liar. How weird would it be if, if, if those little kids came up here and, and told you that was a candle and, and you said to them, you're a liar. <laughs> but we receive the testimony of people all the time. Why should the testimony of God be different? You see, God paints it very clear. He has given forth his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. And let's read this last verse together. Verse 11 and 12, this is the testimony. This is what God's telling you today, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son and he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life. It's pretty clear, isn't it? That Jesus is real and, and that he can be trusted and that he could forgive you of your sins today that you could come to him and believe upon his name that, that he really does save and he will give you eternal life. John 3.36 says this, whoever believes in the Son of God has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life. Now, you wanna see what's in this box? Yeah? It's a candle. It's a candle. And if you could believe just three little witnesses that this was a candle, can't you believe God and the testimony that he has borne concerning his son? That Jesus is real, that he left heaven and came to earth for you because he loves you? That you could believe in him and trust in him today? I mean, say amen if you believe the testimony of God. That's a lot of testimonies saying Jesus is real. So what's holding you back from also believing that Jesus is real and he really does love you? Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the testimony that you have brought to us tonight. God, I pray. Pray that no one would remain in a place of unbelief, hardening, hardening their heart toward the testimony that they've heard tonight. But God, I pray that tonight, Lord, that people would believe upon Jesus. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. You are the Savior of the world who left heaven, was born of a virgin, because your Father is God and you lived a perfect and a sinless life, and you died on a cross for our sins. You died for my sins. You made propitiation for the sins of the world. There's not a single person here where Jesus, you didn't say, ooh, no, their sin, their doubt, their shame, their guilt, it's too much for me. No. You died for all, once and for all, to bring many to know you. And the testimony is out there. The gift has been offered. 
Now it's time to receive it. And I pray, God, that there is anybody in our midst right now who would like to receive the gift of eternal life. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would work right now in their hearts, bearing witness with their spirit, testifying an internal witness, telling them Jesus is real. He can be believed upon. He can be trusted. There's the testimony of that wife sitting right next to them or that husband sitting right next to them. That mother, that father, that brother, that sister, that friend, that person that they came with who really does love Jesus and that testimony is right there staring them in the face too. We can say, God, you're a liar. We could tell those people who believe in Jesus, you're a bunch of liars. But I really don't think people need to do that tonight. I, I believe that people could, will put faith in you right now. So Jesus, I pray, would you, because I, I believe you're already working, you're producing faith in people's hearts. And, and if you're here and you sense that God has given you the faith to believe in Jesus, to be your Lord and to be your Savior, and you want to accept the gift, you want to receive the gift of eternal life today, would you raise your hand up over your head so I can see you and know to pray for you? See you right over there. Praise God. See you right back there, guys. Amen. Right over there. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? The Spirit's testifying to you right now and telling you Jesus can be believed upon. Amen? Amen. If you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are true. I believe that you love me. Would you come into my life? Would you come inside of me? And Lord, I believe you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.